Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning, everybody here, everybody out there. Congratulations to Argentina. Uh, it's part of the reason we're a little late getting on. We were watching the game and we, had, we forgot to do everything else we needed to do. Uh, actually, we did. We just had some hiccups. But um, anyway, again, welcome. Glad you guys are here. This morning, and again, congratulations. I can't imagine what it's like in Argentina right now. Um, Probably a lot of fun. A couple of reminders. Next week is Christmas, and we will not be here. So don't come here. Again, a few people I know have uh, taken up my offer to come to our house. Um, If you uh, still want to come to my house, let me know. And I'll give you the address um, and let you know what time we're going to meet. Um, I'm not sure yet, but we will make it happen. Um, I, yeah, anyway, I'm thinking out loud here. Actually, I'm not. I'm thinking in my head. Uh, but anyway, a couple of things are different also uh, this morning. Um, First off, thanks to Randy and Brian. They did a great job the last two weeks. Um, So, so thankful for them. And Randy can't be here this morning because he is at a ballet recital. Not for him, but for his daughter. Um, If it was him, I wouldn't be here. I would be there. and then Brian had, a, they were at a wedding last night, so he's not able to be here. And all the other people we reached out to, Lydia couldn't be here, uh, Alex, Jason, our kind of normal people we go to couldn't be here. Um, I was thinking about bringing out my guitar and doing a song, but it didn't happen because I was still working on what I was going to say. I had to juggle one or the two, and so I think I, I made the right decision here. Um, And in all of this, you know, there was a time I remember I would have been very distraught of not having a person here to do the music. I I would have been distraught of not meeting on Christmas morning. There was a time when those were the things that were on the important list, you know, those were kind of on the the top of my priority list, and they have changed, and I'm thankful so, and that's kind of what I'm going to talk a little bit about today, Um, but before we get started, let's pause and let's pray. Also, remember, too, we are here because of your donations, and what we are doing for the remainder of our Advent this week and the following 
um, or this following week is, you know, remembering to give of ourselves relationally and you can give uh, towards uh, for a reason, if you'd like, for a reason.org, go there and donate money towards uh, the people in Haiti who could use the support. Um, or if there is a family that you know of that's in need, reach out and extend yourself in what ways you can. But let's pause and let's pray. Father, it's a great morning. There's a lot of excitement as we are watching the game. There's a lot of um, understanding of how much this event means to so many people and how it really does unite so many people together, which is an amazing thing, God. And I pray, Lord, that we would participate in your work of uniting, Lord, people to you and to one another in what ways we can that will extend uh, into the lives of so many. We're grateful for our opportunity to be here and to put aside time and focus for you and your spirit to work within us. And we do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When I'm doing training, dog training, one of the things I try to convey to people is I'm not teaching them how to make their dogs do or don't do things. Because I can teach someone, you know, to make their dog sit, stay, shake, and their dog will still try and bite someone who comes into the house, right? What I'm trying to do is help people to understand the relationship that they need to have with the animal that they've brought into their house. Because if you don't understand who they are and what they need, everything else is just superficial. It really is about understanding who your dog is and how to communicate clearly in a way that they can understand. And I think that something similar can happen to us with our faith in God where, or at least I know it's happened with me, where I can get this idea that if I know enough of the right information, I'm good. And if I have this kind of understanding of God through scripture, then I'm on the right side. And all it takes is a quick glance at Jesus's interaction with the Pharisees to understand that that knowledge in and of itself is not enough. And Paul would say that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And I think it's important to have this understanding as we kind of move into this dynamic of even Christmas and Advent, what it means and what Christ means and the purpose of Christ and our joining in that purpose, because we can become superficial, not just in the commercialism of Christmas, but in our understanding of what God is desiring for us. And so we started this whole Advent series in Luke chapter 4, and we're going to go there again. Luke chapter 4, verse, verses 18 and 19. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me 
to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, as we've looked at the scripture, we talked originally about freedom, the the types of freedom there are and the type of freedom I believe God is calling us into. Uh, Brian talked about healing, did a great job in looking at healing. And I want to talk about what good news looks like and specifically the good news that Jesus is bringing here. Notice that it is good news to the poor. I think it's easiest for us who aren't poor to overlook this and make it into what's good news for us. And indeed, it can still be good news for us, but his direction is it's good news for the poor. And I think something is important in that. Remember what Jesus said to John the Baptist when John the Baptist was in prison and he was having concerns about, are you the one? Are you the one we've been waiting for? Or should we look for someone else? Which is an interesting thing that John would have these questions in his mind. But in Luke 7, verse 22, Jesus replied to the messengers that John sent. And he said, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So once again, this connection to good news and to the poor is here in this understanding of gospel, understanding of good news. And so what is the good news that he is bringing to the poor? Because if you look at this, weren't the poor still there when Jesus was there? He didn't come and get rid of the poor. In fact, later he would say, the poor you will have with you always. Right? He, he didn't bring some economic relief check and say, here, you all get $500, you know, go buy a big screen TV. What is the good news to the poor? What, what is he trying to proclaim? And what is it that maybe we're missing? What is he saying? And more importantly, what is he doing? I, I think it's important to remember that Advent isn't about a hope to come, but a hope that has come and is still coming. It's not about waiting for a Jesus who will at some point reach us, but for us to reach out towards the kingdom that Jesus was revealing. And that kingdom, as John the Baptist found out, is not what maybe we would expect. It's a little bit backwards and it's a little bit upside down and it's definitely contrary to the status quo. And it's so hard when you live in an environment that has a way of programming us just through its repetition and just through its survival to think different and outside of that world. 
and you realize this maybe when you go to another country, right? You, you live in the United States for so long and you go somewhere else, especially if it's a more impoverished nation, and you're saying, wow, man, they live different. And you realize, well, you live different too, right? In fact, a lot of people live more in lines with some of these other places than with us. But we get so used to these things that anything else becomes foreign to us. <laughs> that's why it's foreign. And I think that's the same thing that happens with the kingdom of God, is it can become foreign to us because we are so used to living in a different mindset. Remember in John 14, uh, verse 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What was the peace that the world was giving? Well, Rome brought peace. Rome brought peace through conquering. Rome brought peace through domination. Rome brought peace by coercion. Rome brought peace by domination. You see, empires give you peace. But it's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. His peace is different, not like the world's peace. Oh, you'll be peace if you're successful. You'll be peaceful if you have enough. You'll be living in peace if you're safe in this country that we protect you. And that's the peace that many times we think about because it's the peace that we promote. It's the peace that we support. It's the peace that we get to enjoy living in. And Jesus is saying he wants to give us a peace, but it's not like that peace. It's not a peace brought by power. It's not a peace that's brought by or through empires. His kingdom looks different. And so again, in Luke chapter 6, verse 20, in this Luke's account of the Beatitudes, it says, looking at his disciples, he said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now, I tend, and most of the people I know, tend to quote Matthew's verse, blessed are the poor in spirit, because it gives us a little more freedom, right? This is just blessed are you who are poor. It doesn't say poor in spirit. He says, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. It seems that something within the poor is revealing the kingdom. And remember, just, Jesus didn't just help the poor. He identified himself with the poor. Whatever you do to the least of these, you do to me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in these conditions and you did that to them, you did that to me. And so there's this identification with the poor. And I think we have this tendency when we see something wrong, we just want to fix it. And it's not a bad thing, but I think it's missing something. You know, we see the poor and we don't think, oh, I need to identify with something that's happening there. We just need to stop them from being poor. But that's not what the good news was to the poor. It wasn't, here's the good news. You're not going to be poor someday. When you die, you will be okay and you'll go to heaven. The good news was that they were a part 
of what God was doing. They represented in some way the kingdom of God. That they were a part of something that was going to outlast the empire that was ruling over them. And it had to do with who they were and where they were and not just what was happening to them. Years ago, I think I've shared this story. I was driving home from a lesson out in Los Angeles and I had to pick Judah, my grandson, up from preschool at that time. And I picked him up and, you know, got him and got in the car. We went and got a Happy Meal because I ain't going to cook, right? That's what grandpas do. It's like, here's, you know, chicken nuggets, French fries, apple juice, and a toy. Um, And we get to the house and he eats his food. And then he starts playing. And I was listening to a podcast. I remember I was listening to a podcast before I picked him up, picked him up. So I was interacting with him, but it was really intriguing. I really enjoyed the podcast and I was relating to what I was going to be speaking on the following Sunday. And so I had a lot of things I had wanted to still hear about it. So when we got to the house and he was playing, I was listening to the podcast and he was trying to engage with me. Grandpa, grandpa, you know, can I get this? Yeah, 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 get the trains, get this. Yeah, 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 get that. Yeah, get this. And he kept saying, grandpa, grandpa. And I just kind of like, yeah, just appeasing him, right? You want some more nuggets? You want a TV on? What do you want, right? Let me entertain you in some way. And so I was doing all these things and he was putting the train set together And then all of a sudden something was going on and he was getting frustrated because he couldn't do something and the the train track broke or something like that happened. And all of a sudden he got upset. He threw the train tracks and he shouts out, son of a bitch. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, we don't talk like that. And as soon as I said that, I was confronted with the fact what now you care He's been asking for your attention all this time and you only care when he does something wrong. And I was like, son of a bitch, right? I was like, I was busted in what I was doing because he is not a problem that needs to be solved. He is a person that needs to be loved. And my problem was I wasn't recognizing who he was, where he was, and participating in life with him that I was missing the point. Now, I want to point something out to you. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 30, You don't have this, Rick, so don't worry about it. King Saul is upset with his son, Jonathan, because Jonathan is taking care of David, who is Saul's enemy at that time. And Saul's anger flares up at Jonathan, and he said to him in his anger, here's the quote from the NIV, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, Which which of you, when you say you're you're upset with someone, are going to say, you son of a perverse and rebellious woman, right? That is a very light translation of what's being said. The New English translation is also tame, and it says, you son of a whore. 
and that's tame. <laughs> See, in the Hebrew, this is vulgar language, language that a person would say when they're angry. Now, why do I bring this up? Because, <laughs> why do I bring, especially at Christmas? Because we're so concerned with appearance and presentation that we're often willing to sacrifice content. People are more concerned with the words I said than the meaning that I'm trying to convey. I was more concerned with the words my grandson said than what he was experiencing and engaging with him. And we do this in so many areas where we put this idea of what we expect to the forefront and how it has to look. And when it gets uncomfortable, we resist. And there's something in the poor that causes that to happen as well. Something happens when we see past the problem and into the people. It sits differently. It it moves us differently. I remember the first time I met Père Genot, the priest in Haiti that we were we've been working with. And and Denise invited me to her house with some other people and Genot was there and we were talking about maybe doing some things in Haiti to help. And I went there and I was talking to him and I was you know, listening to him talk about these. And I asked him, you know, what do you people need? You know, what do you need? And I'm, I'm, you know, we're a small church, but I'm thinking, you know, we could probably raise a few thousand dollars and we could do something to help you out, you know, in this mindset I have. And I remember him just saying, you need to come to Haiti. You need to meet the people. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. But what do you need, right? I mean, I'm just kind of like, give me the bottom line, buddy, because this is the problem I need to fix. Not the people I need to meet. And I go to Haiti and I meet the people and I fall in love with the people. And now it sits different. Now it has a different meaning. And now it's not just about let's do this. It's let's join in with this. We build a latrine. We raise $20,000 to build a building, our small community. You see, that wouldn't have been done if there wasn't the interaction and the engagement with the people. It moved us to still do good, but to do it differently, to do more, to dig in a little bit deeper. And it cost us. But that's what happens. Why? Because that's what God is doing. Right? Advent is always coming towards us. That's what it means. It's arriving. It's coming. God is always coming towards us. Our task is now to move towards God. If God has already come in Christ, then what are we now waiting for? Just for him to come again. 
No, he's still arriving. What are we waiting for? I, I love this quote by Bono that says, Stop asking God to bless what you're doing. Find out what God's doing because it's already blessed. And so, what was Jesus doing? He was bringing sight, he was helping people to hear, he was helping people to walk. He was giving life. He was bringing good news to the poor that God is in their midst, with them, feeling with them, living with them. Paul would say, he who was rich became poor that we might be rich in him. He identified with us more than just giving us something. He gave him self which I think is the example. We must move towards the God who is always coming towards us. And we need to step into the places where he already is. And it's in the places of need. What we're not waiting for, we're not waiting for something that's not there, but our attending to what is there. See, the kingdom of God is here and it shows up in all these different ways, in all these different areas. And it's our job now to attend to those things, to to see where it is and to pay attention and to involve ourselves. When we're giving toys to the kids who are in need or we're donating money towards Haiti. We're not just doing good things. We're seeking first the kingdom of heaven. When you make that phone call, send that card. By the way, we have cards here for Pat. Pat, oh, I shouldn't have, you're watching this now and you're not going to be surprised. <laughs> Maybe her audio still isn't working. But anyway, I blew that. Yeah. When you write the card, when you pay a person a visit, you're participating in the kingdom. Jesus didn't give things. He gave himself, not just by dying on the cross, but he gave himself relationally, eating, talking, healing. And Brian talked about in his message that the things that Christ did and greater we will do, right? Not raise more people from the dead, but in a large capacity represent the kingdom and bring the awareness of how close God really is and that he is always moving towards us. This isn't about good people doing good for other people. This is about people longing to see the savior And he is seen in the least of these. God has made us a people of promise in a world of impatience. God is teaching us how to live instead of always longing for more. I think Christmas is waiting to be born in us. As opposed to us waiting for Christmas to be born. And I think that Advent has all this momentum behind it. 
that is moving us into this understanding of what God is doing already, of who God is and how we get to partner with him. Because the minute I make it about, well, I'm going to do these things, I forget that it's about the people. And people aren't problems that need to be fixed. They need to be engaged. You know, the homeless problem is overwhelming. I think in part because we think of it as a problem that needs to be fixed instead of people that need to be engaged. But now there are so many people. How do you engage with so many people in meaningful ways? But until that happens, it's never going to solve the problem. But that requires a lot. Now, we'll have some time after this to talk about how maybe these things look. And I, I wish there was some way for those who are watching online for us to represent what happens after we turn the camera off because that's the good stuff. That's the part I enjoy the most is the interaction with everybody here and, and kind of getting our hands dirty with some of the things that we're thinking and trying to figure out. Um, but we're going to spend some time and maybe try and do that here. But for those watching online, I hope that this is a challenge to you as it's been for me of how to move towards the areas where God is already, how to live in this story, how to be aware that Advent is not something that just happened, but it is something that is happening always. And it is an invitation for us to bring about an awareness that God is here and he is with those who are in need. How can we better do that? Let's pray. Father, thank you for again challenging us through the person of Christ. Help awaken within us the understanding of your kingdom how it has come and how the opportunity to do your will here as in heaven is before us now. May we wrestle with this understanding that the poor are blessed because they hold your kingdom in some way. May we struggle to find out what that means in our life, in our time, in our communities today. Thank you again for how generous so many have been through this season to help with the children at Foothill Family Shelter, to help with those in need in Haiti and other areas. Lord, may we have not only hearts that are generous, but lives that live in your generosity. 
We do ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ give you eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to understand where he is and what he is doing that you may participate in God's kingdom. God bless you guys. Merry Christmas. We won't be here on Christmas, but we will have, I will put a a small message together for Christmas. God bless you guys. Have a great day. You have been listening to the Genesis podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.